0: You know, when you reach that point in your life when it's time to start doing the things that you used to think were things only adults did? Like when it's time to stop getting happy meals, or when you wanted to start wearing makeup, or maybe when you opened your first bank account, or took your first vacation without your parents. Things like that. Well, I reached a place in life where it was time to stop renting. I was well into my thirties, not certain as to whether or not a committed relationship and children were in the cards for me yet, but it was high time to set down some roots for myself, finally. I wanted to purchase a place, a place that I could finally call my own, well, ours if you want to count my kitty. I wanted that place that was all mine. So I started looking around, you know, this was the first time I'd ever done this, but I knew what I wanted, and I knew what I didn't want. Of course, the first and most important thing to take into consideration would be price range. It's just me, so I was wanting to look for something that was reasonably within my means. I also wanted to research the various neighborhoods, things that I wanted to live in close proximity to. Places that I wanted and needed to frequent. But also the things that I didn't want to live close to. Like busy thoroughfares, highways, and railroad crossings. I'm a writer, and even though I do work outside the home, there are those times when you have to bring your work home with you. And I really needed my space to be a peaceful one. I mean, of course... You don't have to be a writer to want or need that. It's just really one of my top priorities as I'm considering my options. I'm also looking at the crime rate in the various neighborhoods, of course. We want to feel safe in our own homes, right? So yeah, if I had to pick the top three things that I'm looking for in a home, it's price, location, and safety. But there was another thing that was important to me. I wanted a place that wasn't your standard cookie-cutter house. I've always been somewhat of a peculiar person. Well, how about someone with a little bit of character? I've always been kind of an oddball, but that's sort of part of my charm. It gets me through, so I wanted a place that matched me and my personality. And the realtor I had sought out to help me in my search was very much dialed in to what I was interested in, which is one of the qualities that I looked for in a realtor, someone who knew and could read people, who easily got a feel for a person and would have the intuitiveness to match their client with the right home. And after some searching, she called me up and said, hey, I think I found the perfect place for you great, I'll be right over to look at it. And I went over there, I took a look around, and I loved it immediately. Of all the places I had looked previously, this was the one that really grabbed me and pulled me in. It had all the little odds and ends for all of my little odds and ends. It was ready to go, so I was ready to go. I was so ready to pull the trigger for the first time in my life to purchase my own home. It was in a community of duplexes, so every two individual homes had a common wall. But it didn't seem like the walls were made out of paper, so I didn't think that would be too much of a problem. And I know I'm a quiet person, so I'm not worried. It was also on the side of town that I was hoping to find a place in, because of the reputation of it being a safer area with lower crime rates, also exactly what I wanted. The streets and the sidewalks were lined with lush trees and greenery, and all of that was just an added bonus. The place was small, but it fit my budget. And it was a style that I knew that I would enjoy working with when it came to settling in and decorating And I knew I would be able to find ways to make everything work. And I'd finally be able to do whatever I wanted because it's all mine. But just to make sure I wasn't getting overly excited about the place, so much so that I was overlooking small details, I asked my best friend to come over to take a look. You know, is this place me? Nobody knows me better than her. And her opinion is very valuable to me. So, I needed to know what she thought. As we went in, she's asking me all the silly questions. Has anybody been murdered here? Has there ever been any dead bodies in the crawl spaces? Of course, she's joking. I mean, you're a realtor supposed to disclose if there's anything bizarre that has occurred in the history of this home, aren't they? Well, my friend... She's so intuitive, and that's why I like her so much. She noticed something that I overlooked. As I mentioned earlier, these are duplexes. That is, two separate units with one common wall. She noticed that our front doors seemed oddly close to one another. There was maybe a space of about a couple of yards, maybe two meters, a little more, separating both of our front doors. And there was nothing in between. There were no bushes, no partition, just their door, small space, my door. So every time I would come and go, I would need to walk right past the neighbor's front door. But I know myself, and I'm a really easygoing person. Give me the worst of the worst neighbors out there. I am beyond certain that I can make friends. It's not a problem. I've never had issues in dealing with people from all walks of life. You never know where you're going to end up or how you're going to wind up someplace. So you have to be ready for anything that gets thrown at you. So I told my friend, eh, the door is not going to be an issue. Not at all. Other than the door thing, my friend shared the same sentiment that I did. She, too, believed this to be the perfect place for me. With her reassurance, I was confident that I was making the right choice. And I do have to say, for some reason, the price of this place was so much lower than comparable places I had been looking at. So really, I couldn't not jump at the chance to get this. But I couldn't help but wonder... You know when they say when something seems almost too good to be true? It probably is. Admittedly, the thought did cross my mind. Why is this place such a good deal? Why had the owners cleared out so quickly and were in such a hurry to sell? I called up my realtor and I kind of asked, what's going on with the previous owners? Why so fast to sell? Why so cheap? And she assured me, it is no big deal. They were just really anxious to sell the place. They had no desire to haggle on the price, nor did they really need to. It's nothing more than for this to be as easy and convenient a transaction as possible for all involved. And that sounds perfectly legitimate to me. You know those moments in life where things are just meant to be? Well, this little place was my meant to be. I didn't need any other signs that this was the place for me. I made an offer and I decided, what the heck? The owners seem like they really want to wash their hands of this place. So my offer was less than what they were asking and they accepted. And I was thinking, wow. I'm like a really awesome negotiator. Buying a house was so much easier than I ever imagined. It was really an exciting moment in my life that I had reached this important milestone and I could not wait to get into my new place. The moment the deal closed, I hired a contractor and we began the process of making all the changes to fit my tastes. I had the interior repainted. I had the doorknobs and faucets and lights and all of the things that needed updating updated. I hung new window panels. I mean, I can't even describe the feeling of how good it felt to be able to do all of these things as a new homeowner now instead of a renter. You know, when you rent, you don't want to put too much of your own money into a place that you're not going to be in forever. Now this, this was my blank canvas, mine to create any which way I pleased, and it felt so good. And the fact that I really love this place made it all that much better. I can't even describe how happy I was. Four nights after I had officially moved in, of course, I've still got some unpacking to do, but I was super motivated and it was fun seeing all of my personal belongings fill the shelves and cabinets and walls and rooms. Every box I emptied, it was like another reminder of how much pride and ownership I was feeling. So I was doing some organizing and tidying up that night when I suddenly heard this terrifying scream come from the other side of my common wall. I was really taken aback by it. It was one of the most jarring sounds I'd ever heard in my life. So much so, I thought to myself, this has got to be sounds coming from some sort of horror movie because that's the only place I'd ever heard anything like it. But I paused for a moment. And I stood there, really still, and I began to wonder, am I hearing things? Maybe I'm hearing things, or maybe this is something weird going on in my own mind. Maybe I'm just exhausted from the move and my mind is messing with me. But really, this has got to be the next door neighbor's TV. That could be the only explanation for this. So I slowly and quietly crept across the living room. I stood next to the common wall, and I pressed my ear against it. And I stood there and listened, and the screaming began again. You are dead! You are dead! I will destroy you! I will destroy you! And as I'm standing there listening, I'm realizing... This isn't a TV. This is my neighbor, whom I have not met yet. The screaming is coming from my next-door neighbor, and I have been here for four whole days, and she is screaming death threats, seemingly to nobody. There are no other voices I'm hearing through this wall. Just one. Maybe my neighbor is screaming Into the phone? But why would someone stay in a call that long only to be yelled at in this manner? Well, it very well could be. My neighbor could be having a very intense argument with somebody. Or maybe my neighbor is an actor or something like that in the community theater, practicing lines. Who knows? I know this kind of sounds like I'm trying to rationalize what I'm hearing when things really aren't making rational sense. But the fact is I've only been here for a few days and I don't know my neighbor at all and I don't want to jump to conclusions. So hopefully my neighbor is some kind of actor and hopefully in the future we'll land some quieter parts. Maybe like a silent play. Is that even a thing? Like silent movies? Yeah, that would be nice. Really nice. So that's what I'm going to tell myself for now. My neighbor is a creative individual. I am a creative individual. I know what it means to immerse oneself into your passions. I am not one to judge anyone's artistry. Hey, I might be living next door to a future Tony Award-winning actor, right? I will let this go. A couple days passed. Things seemed to have settled down a bit, so I was continuing my process of getting my things put away. You know, it's kind of funny because the previous owners I had mentioned appeared to not only be anxious to sell the place... They seemed to have moved out pretty hastily, too, and they left a few pieces of furniture behind, which I don't mind. The pieces were really lovely, and it all fit right in with my personal taste, so I would be making good use of these items that they did not take with them. In the bedroom, they left a tall armoire, a beautiful piece with lovely ornate carvings in the wood. So, I decided to store a few things at the top as it had a bit of a recess and you could put some items up there and it would be out of sight for the most part. I got on my step stool and I went to place the box up there, but something was causing the box to not sit exactly flat, like there was an obstruction causing it to be a little wobbly. So, I took my box down, got back up onto my step stool felt around the top of the armoire and I felt something small and cold I picked it up and when I looked at it it was a bullet and I'm standing there staring at this bullet and I've never had a gun and I don't have any ammunition so this didn't fall out of anything that I owned it had to come from the previous owners who likely store their gun high up on top of this armoire, out of sight but also easy to get to. But it still didn't calm the feeling that I got, like this is akin to a black cat crossing your path or you walking under a ladder or breaking a mirror or saying Macbeth inside a theater. That this bullet was some sort of omen. But what does it mean? Probably nothing, right? I mean, lots of people own guns. Ammunition sometimes comes in those flimsy little cardboard boxes, and it's easy for one to just fall out accidentally. And this is high up and out of reach, as it should be. So that means that the previous owners were generally responsible gun owners too, right? But then again, there's lots of people who don't own guns. And those who normally don't, who decide to go out and purchase a gun, isn't it because sometimes something triggers the purchase? No pun intended. Lots of people decide that they need a gun in their home, usually for one reason, protection. Protection did the previous owners need to buy a gun because they needed to protect themselves from a threat or at least a perceived threat? Because I did my homework. This is a safe neighborhood. I wouldn't have chosen to purchase a home here if it wasn't. But you know, not every neighborhood is immune from criminal activity. Maybe their home had been burglarized and getting a gun gave them a bit more sense of security I don't know but what I do know is where there is ammo there are guns and for some reason the previous owners felt like they needed to have one was I ready to link this bullet to the bizarre screams that I had heard a few days earlier my mind was trying to force me into it but I was forcing it out. For two months, all was quiet. Not so much as a peep from my next-door neighbor, when suddenly the screams began coming through the walls again. Die! Die! I will destroy you! I will kill you! I will curse you! Die! The threats of death sent chills down my spine. The screaming was so penetrating it shook me to my core. There is no other way of describing the manner in which these screams were coming from this person next door. There was just so much fury and anger that carried every word. The breathing was so intense in between screams. I could nearly feel the exhaling and inhaling through the wall. On top of that... I could sense that my neighbor was close, if not already becoming completely unhinged, nearly to the point of lunacy. Have you ever watched a movie? An old, dark movie? Maybe one where the main protagonist is walking down a hallway of an asylum or a sanitarium where people with long-term illnesses are kept? And you can hear random screams echoing down the hallways from each room being passed. Silence is suddenly pierced by a shrill scream that makes you jump out of your skin. The screams coming from my neighbor remind me of that. Crazed, screaming, absolutely demented. I cannot think of any other way to convey to you how penetrating these screams were. It's unbearable to listen to. It's so dreadful. And it's insane. And I'm beginning to suspect why this place was such a steal. This second volley of screams, these ones they got to me. I don't know if it's because they were more intense or if they were more concentrated or sustained, Maybe it was me letting it get into my head. I don't know. But what I do know is that it was starting to break me down and I needed to call somebody. I dialed 911. A decision I should have taken more time to really think about before I picked up the phone. I just didn't know what else to do. I tried to explain that I was afraid that my neighbor was in trouble, that there was screaming coming through the walls, And I don't know if someone is fighting or if someone's life is in danger. What's your neighbor's name? I don't know. Who all lives there? I don't know. How many voices are you hearing? Just one. How long have you lived there? Two months. So this person who you've been living next door to for two months, who you don't know their name or who all lives there, is yelling at themselves. Do you think maybe you're hearing a movie? I don't think it's coming from the TV. You don't think? Do you have anything to tell me that you actually know? Well, I don't know. Call us back when you get some useful information. And click. I am such a moron. I must have sounded like the stupidest person to ever call the police. I felt like a complete idiot. And after this, I'm not going to be calling the police again. That's for sure. I made a complete fool out of myself. But still, I needed to try and do something. I mean, this screaming, it really had me rattled. My nerves were frayed, and I was starting to become pretty anxious and nervous, and I did not want that. This is supposed to be my dream home, my own little space, and I don't want to come home and feel overwhelmed and uneasy every single day. So, next, I had the idea that I was going to try and speak to the person in charge of the Homeowners Association to see what. If anything, they might be able to do about this problem. At first, they were treating my call as if I was having a neighbor dispute and they wanted me to file a grievance. I tried to explain, this isn't a dispute in the traditional sense. My neighbor isn't doing anything directly to me or to my property. It's just this screaming that I'm hearing through the walls. There has to be something that they can do about it. Anything? But from what I was gathering from the phone conversation with the HOA, they seemed to already know about my neighbor. I can't imagine that they wouldn't. They were very well aware of the bizarre bouts of screaming. And I don't know if they had tried to deal with her previously, but this time... They had absolutely no interest in what I had to say about it. They had no desire to get involved. And now I'm starting to feel like that annoying neighbor, the one that's so nosy and complains so much that I have nothing better to do than to complain about every little thing that I don't like about everyone. It was another humiliating phone call. And when I hung up, I again felt like an idiot. I just moved into this place. And I really didn't want to start having the reputation of being that neighbor who's always looking to start trouble. So I decided to just do my best to try and ignore the screaming coming from the neighbor's place. An entire year went by, and it never got any better. As a matter of fact, it got worse. I still had not gone out of my way to try and get to know the neighbor. I mean, I really didn't want to. But things were getting to the point where I simply couldn't go on like this anymore. I couldn't keep pretending that there wasn't something seriously not right with my next-door neighbor. It was this constant, repetitive barrage of, I'll curse you, I hate you, I destroy you, die, die. It was beginning to wear me down. My nerves were wrecked. I needed to figure out some way to deal with this. So I thought, okay, maybe I can talk to the neighbor directly. Maybe it's not being realized or understood that the yelling is coming through the walls. Maybe nobody has ever explained to this neighbor just how loud these screams really are and how concerning they are. So after more than a year of incessant screaming, I decided to take that chance and knock on the neighbor's door. It was my absolute last resort, but I simply couldn't go on like this anymore. I took a deep breath, stepped outside I made the few steps over to the neighbors I went slow I was very guarded and the screaming was continuing as I finally tapped on the door and it came to a full stop it was a moment of dead silence when I suddenly could hear the stomping It was rapid and deliberate and hard-hitting and angry. This was an angry stomping coming towards this front door. I steeled myself for the confrontation that I was about to have. These stomps reached the door, the locks rattled, the knob turned, and the door flung open with such ferocity I thought I was about to be sucked in through the threshold. And there she stood an imposing figure, quite a bit larger in stature than myself as she hovered over me. And her eyes were wild and unblinking. Her stare. How can I describe this? It was like she was looking at me, straight in the eye, but not looking at me at all. It's that stare that penetrates straight through you, frozen yet frenzied. It was unlike anything I had ever experienced in my life. And I began regret coming over the moment her eyes became fixated because I was fairly certain that if her mind was as blank as her look, nothing I was going to say to this woman was going to compute in her head it was the first time that I truly understood I was not dealing with someone who was thinking and behaving rationally or with any reason. I guess I should have already figured that out based on all the screaming that had been going on over the course of the year since I moved in. But I thought maybe talking to her would work. Coming face to face with her for the first time I could tell that it wasn't going to do any good. But I had to try. I can hear you screaming. I just wanted to make sure you were okay. Did you need any help? Can I help you? Still with her eyes frozen and locked on me, she answered, Yes, I get angry sometimes. This is true. But you do not want to listen to me being angry, so I will try to stop screaming. I didn't quite understand what she meant by that. Because she was talking about stopping screaming as if it was an involuntary thing. As if I had said, I can hear you snoring through the wall. Do you think you could try and stop snoring? It's not something that you can easily control because you're sleeping. But screaming... It isn't something that should be that difficult to stop doing. But she said she would try. Okay, great. Thanks. And the conversation didn't exactly end there. She continued rattling on, her stare passing right through me like I was invisible. I like what you've done with the apartment. I like the colors that you choose. I like the changes you made. It all looks very beautiful. You have very good taste. You are very creative. Those are very beautiful fixtures you've put in. I want fixtures like that. Can you tell me where you got them? The way you arranged the living room, it makes the place more open and welcoming. I love how you decorated everything. I love the window panels you chose. So much better than the last neighbors. You have a good eye. In that moment... As she went on and on, describing all of the changes that I made and the way that I furnished the place, I realized that she had been inside my house. Somehow, some way, she got inside and looked around at everything I had. I also realized that she knows everything I do. Every time I leave, every time I arrive home, She knows it. I looked at her for a moment and I finally said, I have to get back to work. And I started to walk back to my own place, but she continued talking. You had the handyman come to your place. He redid your kitchen. I like what he did to your kitchen. Do you think he can come and do my kitchen too? I want to have my kitchen like yours. I like what you did better than the previous people. They only lived here for a short time, but your place is much nicer than theirs. I want a kitchen like yours. Can I have a kitchen like yours? I walked into the house and shut the door and locked it behind me. What the hell just happened? Am I going crazy? Or did I just have the most bizarre conversation I'd ever had in my entire life? And the one burning question, What now? What am I going to do now? Now that I know that this screaming woman has been inside my home, unbeknownst to me, what am I going to do? About two weeks after that encounter with my neighbor, I arrived home to find a letter attached to my front door. When I opened it, I found it to be from the homeowners association manager. Apparently, to keep the units in the community looking uniform, I needed to replace the purple window panels I had hung with white ones instead. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, you cannot be serious. I have been listening to the woman next door screaming death threats through the wall for over a year I cannot be the only person in this complex to hear it. And this is clearly a violation of the association bylaws regarding noise ordinances. Yet they're getting nitpicky and petty about curtains. My curtains are the problem, not the terrifying screams coming from next door. My curtains. Really. This made me really angry the nerve to be sending me a letter like this after an entire year that those curtain panels have been hanging in my windows, but somehow they're okay with the screaming that's coming from next door? Really? How is this happening? (sighs) I replaced my purple curtain panels with white ones, and the screaming went on. And on, and on, and on. Another year passed, and it never subsided. It actually grew worse. And not only were the screams of, I'll curse you, I will destroy you, die, 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 continuing. She also started to make sounds like you would hear animals make. Loud roaring and barking, like wild Rabid animals. And it happened all the time. There was no set time of day that the screaming and now barking would happen. Sometimes I would wake up to her screams. Sometimes I would go to bed to them. There was no rhyme, no reason to it. I mean, how would it have any rhyme or reason? None of this was reasonable. None of this made any sense. It was constant And it was all to herself. At least, that's what it's looking like. She never names anybody. She never has anyone over. I can't tell if she's yelling at the wall that we share. And the more I tried to think about it, the stranger and stranger the ideas in my own mind became because I just couldn't figure it out. But I wanted to. I desperately wanted to understand what all of this meant. So I could tell myself, okay, this is happening because of this reason, and I can accept that. And maybe I could find a way to be at ease with it. But I had nothing. Nothing but the shrill screams and animalistic noises coming through my wall. How do I make any kind of sense of something so senseless? The next interaction with my screaming neighbor occurred one afternoon as I was arriving home from running a few errands a couple of weeks after the first. As I was walking past her front door, she opened her door and began asking me about a small potted plant I had on my front porch. I love this plant. I love this plant very much. I would like a plant like this. Where did you get this plant? I... "'Got it from the home and garden store over on the corner. "'It's just a cheap little plant.' "'She's still staring right through me,' continued. "'I'm going to get that plant. "'The same one as you have. "'Just like that one. "'A plant like that. "'Just like yours. "'And you will see I'll have it just like you. "'You can go to the home and garden store with me. "'We can go together. "'The same plant as Amy. "'Me and Amy.' Amy and me, we are the same. Together we can be the same, Amy. I was struggling to get my keys in the lock. I could not get into my house fast enough as the rambling about wanting to be just like me went on and on. I finally got the door open and closed it and locked it behind me. And I let out a long, deep breath. She's watching me. When I'm coming... When I'm going, she's watching. The next incident with my neighbor happened shortly after the potted plant conversation. I arrived home from work, and as I was approaching my front door, there were stacks upon stacks of storage boxes all over my entire front walkway. Stacked over six feet high, with just a tiny narrow space for me to get to my front door. Just piles and piles of storage boxes. And on the sides of each one of those boxes was attached a sheet of paper. And on each one of those sheets of paper was the word police, written in huge black block letters with permanent marker. Police. Every single box was labeled. So now I'm stuck again, trying to figure out the meaning of all of this. What is my neighbor trying to say to me with all of these boxes labeled police? Does she want to get it into my head that she's some sort of outlaw with a long police record? Is this some sort of weird intimidation tactic? Like, look at all the files they've got on me. You better be cautious as to what you say to me or how you treat me because I'm not afraid of the police. Look how many times I've been arrested and investigated, yet I'm still here. You'll never get rid of me. If I'm not locked up after this, nothing you will say or do will work either. And does she want me to start looking inside these boxes? Is there something that she wants me to see? Is she really trying to bait me into allowing my curiosity to get the best of me? Well, she's got another thing coming because I am not laying a finger on any of this. So, all of those boxes sat untouched on my porch for three whole weeks. What I think my neighbor wanted was for me to come over and ask, Hey, what's with all the boxes labeled police? What's going on? Why are all of these out here? What is this about? But I didn't. I just pretended like they weren't even there. And I think it finally got under her skin that I wasn't inquiring about them. So at the end of three weeks, I came home to a card attached to my front door. And it was from my neighbor. And it said, I apologize for all of these boxes out there. I hope they weren't in your way. I'll be moving them very soon. I'm so sorry. And within a day, the boxes were gone, and I never knew what was inside any of them. The only thing that I could really think of after I got that card from her was that she was attempting to get some kind of reaction out of me by placing all of those boxes around my front door. Maybe she wanted me to get mad, or maybe she wanted me to come pounding on her door. Did she want to try and instigate an argument with me? And if so, why? I couldn't for the life of me figure out all that she was trying to get out of this. What's her angle? Where is she coming from? I still had no answers. But I finally had an answer to at least one thing I'd been wondering about my neighbor. Her name. Her card had her full name printed on it, so I finally had a small, albeit important piece of information regarding her. I finally reached a point where now that I have her name in my hand, I can begin the process of documenting the things that my neighbor was doing. I began keeping a log of all the bizarre behaviors and screams, and that way, If the time came for me to ever have to contact police again, I wouldn't sound so stupid on the phone. This time, I'd have good, solid information to provide times and dates and places and incidents. And like I had said earlier, within a day or so of receiving her note on my door, the boxes vanished from my front porch. And again, I bring up the Homeowners Association why in the world nobody ever said anything about those boxes being stacked at my front door and why that didn't initiate a violation letter, yet my pretty purple curtain panels did, I'll never understand. Could this have been a thing that maybe they knew my neighbor to have done in the past? and Maybe it was one of her bizarre tactics that they refused to get involved with. Is the HOA really that intimidated by her, that they refuse to enforce their own bylaws when she's in violation? That's what it's starting to look like. After the boxes vanished, I decided I need to be more aware of what my neighbor was doing, and I needed to come and go as low-key as possible, because I knew she was watching as I came and went. I tried to open and close my door as quietly as possible. I tiptoed past her front door so she wouldn't hear me go by because it worried me. This woman was so hyper-focused on my day-to-day life. For whatever reason, she was watching and listening to my every move. And that's a troubling feeling and not a fun way to live. And I couldn't understand it. Why me? Why is she watching me? Is it just because I happen to be that sucker who purchased this house? Yeah, I'm that sucker. It probably would have been anyone, no matter who bought the place. Whoever moved in here was going to be her target. And when I say she watched and listened to everything, I mean everything. One night I was watching TV and doing some channel surfing when I happened to stop on a show with an orchestra playing some classical music. Not usually my thing, but I stopped and listened for a while. And it was then that I suddenly heard my neighbor began to start singing along with the music. I wouldn't even classify it as singing. That's being generous. It was more of a loud screeching along with the beat of the music. It was completely off-key. Seriously, I'm no singer, but this was the worst singing I've ever heard in my life. But there she was, on the other side of our common wall, singing to the music playing on my television. I'm documenting all this stuff, but honestly, what is anyone I tell this to actually going to think? Okay, so your neighbor's a terrible singer, and what exactly is wrong with this? What can anybody do about it? Again, I'm the one here that's going to sound like I'm loony, like I'm the one who isn't playing with a full deck. But at the same time, what is really going on here? The thing that makes this so utterly terrifying is that she is once again invading my personal space by listening to what I'm watching on TV. She is intruding Into my life every which way she can. And I, for the life of me, don't know what to do, nor what can be done to make it stop. The screaming, the death threats, the animal sounds. Day after day, week after week, it kept going on and on and on. I never knew when it would start. I never knew when it would stop. I just had to be braced for it at all times. And every time it happened, I felt as though it was beginning to chip away at my own sanity. When someone describes being driven insane, this is it. This is what they're talking about. But it's happening in tiny little pieces. After months and months of sustained, nonsensical shrieks and barks coming from my neighbor's home, I began to fear that this was going to completely break me down. This woman's screams are going to break me. How much more of this can I take? A month? Or two? Another year? She's getting into my head, and I'm fighting it as much as I can to try and push her out but I'm worn my nerves are shattered and once I'm completely wrecked by this am I ever going to get me back my neighbor began going into what I believe to be some sort of manacle condition it had to be some kind of mania as the screaming fits were growing in volume, frequency, and intensity. The screams, the animal noises. I could literally feel the vibrations of her screams penetrating through my walls. As if she was pressed up against our shared common wall, screaming for as long and as loud as she possibly could. I could not help but feel like she was doing this on purpose trying to make me feel like we were existing in the same room. It was her way of forcing me to be in her presence without actually being in her presence. That's how powerful and all-encompassing her screams had become. This was her way of connecting her world to my world, making me feel, forcing me to hear the sustained, concentrated fits of screams. And she knew there was no escaping it. There was no place I can go anywhere in my tiny little place to get away. Her screaming occupied every corner of my home and my mind. 18 months after I moved in, my neighbor's screams escalated. It was no longer her screaming inside her home, with me listening to it through the walls. No, she came outside, to the shared front porch area of our connected homes, and began screaming directly at me through my front window. This would mark the first time that her screaming actually included her addressing me by my first name. You are stupid. You don't understand. I hate you. I hate everyone. I hate this country. Why can't you understand me? I hate the United States of America. Amy, why can't you understand me? Amy, you are stupid. I hate you, Amy. I hate you. You do not understand. So now, I know whatever is going on in her mind. A part of her anger and vitriol was being channeled directly at me. But that was the only time up to that point. The rest of the ambiguous screaming at seemingly nobody continued per usual. Six months later, this was now going into my second year living like this. I woke up during the night to some strange sounds coming through the small heating vent near the floor of my bed. It was clearly the sounds of my neighbor, But this time, it wasn't screaming. It was moaning. She's pleasuring herself. And she's making sure that I can hear her as she's doing this. And it became louder and louder as she got closer to climaxing, I guess. Until she finally let out one huge, loud groan, followed by heavy breathing. And she wants me to hear all this. I'm certain, for the same reason she's done all the other things that she's done. To try and get my attention. To try and get me to react to it. And then I thought, maybe this woman has developed feelings for me. Because this situation has just turned sexual. But again... I have to ask, what exactly is this? If I report this to the police, what do I call this? She's obviously targeting me specifically. These strange occurrences have been going on for two years now, but suddenly it's escalated to what feels like a form of sexual assault. I wanted to somehow make it stop. I wanted to take something and bang it against the vent to startle her into stopping what she was doing. But I held off. I raised up my arm, but I didn't bring it down because I stopped myself. Did I really want her to know that I heard this? If I acknowledged it, then she'll know that I was listening to her and what she was doing. And that's exactly what she wanted. And I don't want to give her that. I'd rather her not know if I heard her or not and leave her to wonder. If she doesn't get a reaction, she doesn't gain anything from it. Because that's what she wants. The power to cause me to react. And I don't want to give that power to her. So I just got back into my bed and did the best I could to block it out until she stopped. That's the closest thing you could ever feel to being sexually assaulted without actually being sexually assaulted. That's the only way I knew how I could describe this experience. And now, everything that I had been going through thus far with this woman... Everything I was feeling was taken to the next level. All my anxieties, all my fears, everything had just amplified. And following that incident, I began to wonder, what is it going to be next? What is my neighbor going to do to escalate this to another level for herself? What is her next level? Is she working her way up to doing something to me physically? Is she going to try to do something to harm me? Is she going to break into my home while I'm asleep or sneak in while I'm out? Could this turn into a real sexual assault? And I'm still at a point where I'm thinking, I'm going to sound like a raving lunatic if I try to go to the police with the things that she's done thus far like she's screaming and she's masturbating and you're listening to it through the walls, you're the one that sounds like the pervert here, lady. This just isn't going to make any sense to anyone. And I'm going to be the one looking like I've gone mad. I'm going to be the one in a fifty-one fifty hold. So I'm not quite ready to go to the police just yet. As much as I wanted to, I'm going to need a little bit more to work with. So I decided to be more proactive about it. Instead of allowing myself to be in my home like a sitting duck, I wanted to try and regain a measure of control over my life again. To try and build up a little bit of a thick skin, to try and toughen up a little so I could be better equipped if and when the time came for me to come face to face with my neighbor if things were really going to come to blows. So I signed up to learn some self-defense techniques. And it didn't take long for me to come to the realization that I have absolutely zero skills when it comes to karate. I mean, it was apparent in the first five minutes of my first class that this was not going to be something that was going to come naturally to me. And... I'm not even sure any amount of dedication and hard work was going to ever change that. And because I did so horribly, my moves were completely abysmal. I was demoted to the children's class. For two long months, I attended children's level karate. And I mean, I was dedicated, I listened, I followed instructions. And all I ever got out of it was a two-month-long ass-whooping by a bunch of kids. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't getting anything out of this. it's not going to work. I can't even outmaneuver a kid. And that was one of my lowest points. I had to do what I was hoping I wouldn't have to resort to because this wasn't getting any better. The screaming on the other side of the wall was still constant. It was unyielding. I just couldn't do it anymore. I listed my house. I put it up for sale. It was early in 2009, so it was a terrible seller's market. We were falling into a recession, and the market was in full collapse. But I had to, and I put my little place that I had fallen in love with at first sight on the market, and I started trying to look for a new place for me and my kitty, but that wasn't going well either, and the screaming kept going, and I couldn't take it. And as the housing market had tumbled, if my place sold, I was going to have to take a huge hit. I'd have a massive financial loss to somehow eat. And I didn't know if I'd ever be able to pull myself out of it, or if I'd ever be able to get into another place to call my own again. This was the very first time that the realization came over me, that I'm imprisoned here. I have no way out of this. My life has become completely ensnared in this. I'm literally trapped here by this woman screaming. Because if I didn't find a buyer, even if I would just have to take the massive financial loss, who in the hell is going to want to buy this place once they realize what they'd be dealing with on the other side of the wall? My stomach was in knots over the anxiety. I'm stuck. I'm just so stuck. How do I get out of this? What am I going to do? At the same time, I also began leaning on some of my close friends for support. I started spending more time away from my own home and hanging out at their homes. But honestly, how much can I expect my friends to carry the weight of what I'm carrying for me? How fair is it for them, me being such an imposition on their day-to-day lives? Nobody wants a perpetual houseguest. I know I certainly wouldn't want that. And my friends, they knew what I was going through and they wanted to help But I wanted to make sure I didn't overwhelm them with all of my personal issues. So I would try to make sure I didn't rely too heavily on any one single friend because what I was dealing with was so intense. They didn't need to be bogged down with all of my baggage along with the things that they have going on in their lives. So I did what I could to make certain I didn't unload too much on any one person. I didn't want to lose any of my friends over this. They're very important to me. And I didn't ever want to take advantage of their kindness and generosities. No matter how badly I needed to get away from the screaming, keeping their friendships outweighed that. My next course of action while I waited for something to go right with either the neighbor or the housing market was trying to get more information about my neighbor from the other residents in our community. Maybe somebody could shed some light on this whole thing for me. Maybe, just maybe, I could get them involved to help me figure out a way to compel the homeowners association to take some action when it comes to dealing with this neighbor's screaming fits. I started knocking on other neighbors' doors, just to kind of get a feel If I might be able to get some of these people on my side, people who know and understand what exactly is going on with my neighbor and might be willing to back me up in trying to confront this problem head on. So the first person I asked, hey, do you know the neighbor over here in this unit next to me? Have you noticed any problems or have you been hearing any disturbances coming from that place? Nope, and door slammed on my face. So I tried another door. I knocked. She answered. I was wondering if you know anything about the neighbor next door to me. She seems to be having some serious personal problems. I think she might be in danger. I'm worried something might happen. I paused to wait for an answer. And she finally replied, Yeah, she's got problems. I'll say a prayer tonight. Door slammed again. Okay. Everyone is acknowledging that we have this problem in our community, but we really don't care enough to get involved. And it's a problem, but... Not that big of a problem, apparently, for anyone else because they don't have to share a common wall with the screamer. Then I had kind of a different experience with another neighbor that I spoke to. She was under the impression that my neighbor was actually a really nice lady. She had talked to her a couple times in passing, never had an issue with her. We had a conversation once about bouts of depression that we both struggled with, and she even offered me some of her own medications that she's been prescribed. Okay, so now I'm seeing that there are some mental health issues here going on with my neighbor. I mean, I kind of suspected that might be a part of what was going on here, but in speaking to this particular neighbor and her interactions with her, it just confirmed my suspicions. So this gives me at least some sort of explanation as to why this is happening, but it still doesn't solve the problem because my neighbor obviously needs these medications, but if she's trying to give them away, and if her behavior has been this out of control for so long, then she must not be taking her meds as they are prescribed to her. At the same time, I kind of started feeling like the neighborhood jerk like there's this woman next to me who is battling some serious demons here and I'm going around trying to get the other neighbors to join me in ganging up on her like this I started to feel a great deal of shame after I'd gone around to the other neighbors pointing fingers at her and making her out to be this terrible person Even though I had been tormented for more than two years by this woman's screams and harassment, I'm the one going around telling on her to other neighbors, trying to get them on my side of this, like I'm some kind of bully. God, what the other neighbors in the community must think of me. I could tell that they were seeing me as the problem. My neighbor wasn't going around knocking on their doors, disrupting their lives. I am. I'm the problem. I've become the nuisance. I'm the one that's pestering everyone. And it all backfired on me. And the whole community now viewed me as the troublemaker. Why did I ever think knocking on these doors was a good idea? How could I be so stupid? I felt a great deal of shame, very humiliated with my own behavior. Even though the very real problem, the very real threat, it wasn't me. It was next door. Now I'm more alone in this situation than ever before. I'm three years into this ordeal. Three years I have been fighting this battle on the other side of my wall all of my neighbors think that I'm the one that's ruining this community I for the life of me could not sell my home without going completely underwater in debt I was so damn sick with myself for allowing myself to end up in a position like this and all the while I hate you I will destroy you I will kill you die Die! Die! Morning, noon, and night. All hours of the day. All days of the week. All months of the year. I hate you. I will destroy you. I will kill you. Die! Die! It just wouldn't stop. She would not stop. And I had long reached the end of my rope. I could feel myself barely hanging on to my own sanity. I had to do something... I had to figure out a way to fight back against these screams that have infiltrated every fiber of my existence. If I don't do something, my mind is going to take a walk off the map. I am seriously going to lose it. My neighbor is destroying me from the outside in. I have to fight this. But the only thing that I think I had over my neighbor was my ability to reason, my ability to put things down in an organized manner. I began keeping a record of the incidents with my neighbor. Every encounter, every screaming fit, everything. I carefully documented it in a journal. And what that was going to be able to provide for me, and hopefully anyone that I'm able to show it to in the future, when I'm ready to take this battle to the next level is that it lays out a clear pattern of my neighbors harassing behaviors. It was the only thing that I knew I could do that would work because I certainly wasn't very good at trying to explain to police or to neighbors or to anyone else exactly what I'm having to deal with here. It was so hard for myself to even comprehend. I realized I can't explain this in words. I have to show it in a clear and complete and precise documented form. There simply is no other way to quantify or validate my claims against my neighbor and her bizarre behaviors because nobody is going to understand this because it absolutely makes no sense. I also started recording her screams too because you really have to hear it to believe it. One afternoon, I went to go down and check my mailbox, when I suddenly had the sense that I was being watched. After I retrieved my mail and I turned around, I saw my neighbor come through the gate. I quickly began walking the opposite direction of where our homes were, and I began headed towards one of the neighbors who was still kind of okay with me, and I knew she was home. I didn't want to glance back over my shoulder, but when I did for a split second, I could see my neighbor keeping pace with me, following me, and trying to catch up with me. I finally made it to the other neighbor's door, and I began banging on it. And the neighbor chasing me, she was right there, coming up the path to the front door that I was at. And when my neighbor finally answered, she let me in, and I slammed the door behind me, and I just collapsed in her entryway. My neighbor, chasing, suddenly, went silent. And the one whose home I was now awkwardly standing in clearly wanted to have no part of this mess. She didn't have to open her door to me, but I could tell immediately that she regretted it the moment she did. And now I feel like even more of a jerk because I'm dragging others into my problems with this neighbor others that wanted to be kept completely out of this. And I'm standing there trying to collect myself because I'm a complete mess. I could see my screaming neighbor staring at me through the window and then she walked away. And the neighbor whose house I barged into asked me to leave. But now, suddenly, with the manner in which my neighbor chased me down, This added another layer to the problems I'd been dealing with thus far. It was the first time she had actually physically chased after me. She came out of her home, followed me to the mailbox, and chased me until I nearly beat down the door of another neighbor, who probably now, more than ever, thinks that I'm the head case. Following this incident... The neighbors fits of screams grew more and more intense and it was louder and it was for longer, more sustained periods of time. It was like she knew my neighbor knew that she was getting into my head and she tested it out the other day by chasing me down. And the way I ran from her, she knew I was reaching a breaking point. So she began escalating her screams in order to push me completely over the edge. I just knew I had to get away from this. I needed to be someplace else other than my own home. And I had to leave without her knowing. If I could just somehow slip past her without her seeing me, I needed to get some of my things and I had to get out of there. But as I tried to make my way out of our complex... Her front door flew open. No matter how much she was engaged in full blown screaming, she never failed to either see or hear me go by. She heard me. Through all the screams, she heard me trying to escape from my own house. She came out of her apartment and followed me to my car, and I started backing up while she stood right at my front bumper. Again, with that empty stare that seemed to go on forever. I pulled out of our complex and drove off. But soon, I glanced in my rearview mirror and I could see her car closing in on me and I could see the absolute maniacal look on her face. She is chasing me down with her car now. And suddenly... Still screaming and laughing, she pulled up alongside me and then continued to speed right past me and kept going. She's doing these things that are filling me with so much fear. But tell it to a cop, and I've got nothing. Because what did she do now? Well, she drove past me. That was it. She always seemed to know just how far she could take this without crossing the line of actually doing something that could get her arrested. She may be acting like an insane person, but she's also being smart about it, managing to walk that tightrope of legality and never really getting tripped up. And I continue to be powerless to do anything about it. How long is she going to be able to keep this up? And how long am I going to be able to take it? I pulled off to the side and tried to get my wits about me. Okay, she's driven off. Maybe if I head back to the house, I can get there before she does. I can pack my things and my kitty. Heaven knows what she might do to my kitty, right? And with any luck, I can get the heck out of there before she can get back there to confront me or to chase me down again. So I rushed back. I quickly threw together a few things, some clothes and personal effects, things that were important to me. And I managed to get as much as I could into my car and I drove away all before my neighbor ever showed back up at her place. Where she drove off to, I have no idea. But wherever it was, it was enough time for me to get my things and split. And for the next seven months, I was pretty much homeless. I went to a variety of different places looking for anyone who would be able to rent me some space at a low cost. It didn't even have to be a room. I stayed in basements. I slept on couches. I had no choice as I still needed to pay my mortgage. A mortgage on a place that I can't even go to. While trying to still look for places to be, and still trying to keep up with my job. This went on for seven months. But in my absence, a strange thing happened back at the place that I was unable to live at. You see, I'd gone back for the first time after all that time, hiding and avoiding my neighbor. And when I did, the other neighbor saw me and they came out to talk to me And they were like, Amy, we had no idea how awful things had been with your neighbor. Since you're not here anymore, she's began targeting the rest of us, screaming at us and yelling death threats and chasing us into our homes. So now I'm beginning to feel like this is no longer a problem unique to me. The screaming neighbor has now become a community problem. Now I'm not alone. Now I'm not going to sound like I'm the crazy neighbor. I can finally be believed. I can finally be heard. So now I was starting to feel confident that I could take all the information that I had collected, all the documentation I had amassed, all of the recordings and everything, coupled with the fact that she had twice physically chased me down Once on foot and once in her vehicle. Now I have proof of what this actually is. This is a stalker. I'm being stalked. And there are laws out there designed to protect me from this, and I need to use what I have to make that happen for me. I filed a complaint with the local police department and I filed for an order of protection against this woman who, by definition, is a stalker. And I was given the protection order. My neighbor had to stay a certain distance away from me, and I was able to finally move back into my place some four years after all this had begun. But then, suddenly, the screaming commenced again, and it wasn't coming through my wall. It was at my front door, Amy, you are a stalker. I am not a stalker. Amy, you are so stupid. You are cursed. You are the crazy stalker. You are a stupid American. You are so stupid. I hate you, Amy. I hate you, Amy. Inside my house, I was trying to figure out what to do. So I grabbed my recorder and pressed it up against the door and began recording again. And I called the police department. report that my neighbor was in violation of her protection order before long two representatives from the department of health showed up the idea here was to work towards diffusing the problem rather than sending police over which may actually cause my neighbor to become even more unhinged they were all outside in the parking area And my neighbor is continuing to scream at them that they need to be coming after me. Amy is the crazy one. She is the stalker. Amy is a liar. Amy is the criminal. And she's continuing to scream at them. And they're trying to calm her down. Amy is the one you need to go see. She is the one with mental problems. She is the criminal. She is the stalker. And finally... They made it clear, if you don't stop, Amy can and will have you arrested. She has a protection order against you. We will call the police if you don't stop what you're doing and go back inside your house. And the threat to call police was enough to cause my neighbor to not only stop screaming at them, but she left. She got in her car and drove away. And for nearly a month, She was gone, but I filed a complaint against her anyway. She violated the protection order. Eventually, my neighbor was seen sitting in her car in somewhat of a secluded area, still yelling and screaming to herself. Police were contacted and she was taken into custody. She had a warrant out for her arrest, charged not only with stalking me, but also for other violations related to two previous victims that she had stalked. Finally, how I was feeling and what I was going through had been validated. Finally. My neighbor and I, we were reunited some months later, this time in a courtroom. And her behavior was very much the same as it had been on the other side of our common wall. She was loud. She was belligerent. She was constantly disrupting the proceedings with her outbursts. It got to the point that she was brought in and out of the courtroom with four bailiffs. Four of them were required to be surrounding her at all times. And that's when it hit me. I've spent the last four years of my life battling this woman, the same woman who requires an escort of four courtroom bailiffs in order to keep her under control. I was doing the work of four armed men all of those years on my own. That's what I was up against. I had a victim advocate accompany me to provide support and counseling through this process. And when she saw the four bailiffs, she was taken aback as well. She had never seen any defendant, male or female, ever being handled by four. It was always just two bailiffs. And just the fact that this woman was so off the charts that she needed to be kept under this level of security is a testament to just how incredibly dangerous and disturbed they've determined this woman to actually be. In the end, my neighbor was able to work out a plea bargain that would allow for her to not be sent to jail, which I'm fairly sure is not what this woman needed to be jailed. It wouldn't do anyone any good for someone to go to jail with the kinds of problems that she has going on. I was given another order of protection, and she was told to just stay away. She could not make any kind of attempts to contact me ever. And finally, the homeowners association took the initiative and had my neighbor evicted from the community and ordered to stay off the property, or else she would be arrested. I am still living in my little home. I managed to hang on despite all that I went through, and it makes being here feel like a victory. Where my former neighbor is today, I have no idea. As long as I'm living here, I suppose she could turn up at any moment. She knows where I am. I try not to think about it too much. I allowed for her to take so many years of my life away already. I don't want to give her any more. But I can't help but think, if she's not coming here to go after my life, then that must mean she's out there, somewhere, going after someone else's. It could be anyone. It could be you. The facts of this story are loosely based on the true crime documentary series entitled Obsession, Dark Desires. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, sweet dreams.